podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome back to a brand new TAT pod. I'm your host, Ben. Today, we've got a full panel of four. Uh, we've got a couple of regulars. Mohammed, who used to be, but um, he's had other things on. So uh, it's great to have you back, mate. But we'll start with Mike. How are you doing, my friend? You're on mute. Great way to start. I'm awake. I'm alert. I'm alive. Um, You're alert. I'm here. <laughs> I'm, here. I'm not sure about that's that. That's about too. it. Yeah, no, you're here. You're good, bro. You're good. I'm, I'm, I, mate, you're going to have to tell me because I was saying your name wrong all before, wasn't I? Mahmood, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to call you Mo. I'm just call you Mo. Perfect Are you really good? Yeah, I've been good. I've been good. Um, still keeping up with Liverpool. And it's, yeah, today's, today's game was very, very good insight for all of us, I think, in terms of how this is panned out, especially with the lineup we started. But, but yeah. Exactly, and last but not least, Elliot, mate. Are you? Yeah, just happy to be here because my laptop's back alive, so I don't care about the game. <laughs> I'm just happy to be here. Yeah, Elliot's on laptop <laughs> problems, guys. So if he, if he disappears at any point, it's because his laptop's yeah. messing up. Fingers He's crossed. Not left Fingers stream, crossed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> couple comments already. Endsman TV, check out his channel, subscribe. Big up, mate. And uh, Anfield Lad 10, a channel regular. He's our average stream. He's absolutely smashing it right now. So, yeah, there's 11 of you in here. I'm sure more will come as we go along. But if you are here already, please smash a like. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. And uh, just before we get into it, I obviously have to shout out the amazing Your Foot Card, the absolute, you know, fantastic company. They're doing really well. And, um, yeah, they're our amazing sponsors. This is only possible because they... Um, sponsor the pod so yeah if you guys don't know let me just give you a bit of an insight StreamYard is not free especially if you want to put things on and make your screen pretty and these guys cover it so massive massive thanks to them absolutely amazing company Um, you can get any name any player on a card or you can get player art you can get illustrations you can get anything you want Um, and if you use TAT pod at checkout you get 15% look at that Mo Salah I'm going to have to get that but um, yeah check it out guys Link in the description. So let's get straight into it, guys. We've got so much to break into today. Um, we've got the game, we've got transfer news. There's been some news just come out as we've gone live, which is tweeted by yours truly, by the way. So uh, you are welcome. Um, Mike, you know the drill. We always get straight into the starting lineup, mate. Let me just get it back on the screen and you can tell me your thoughts. My question to you is bar one potential change is that what you expect to see against Chelsea unfortunately yeah uh say unfortunately I'm normally very uh, positive you know this is Mo's first time uh, hearing me speak but normally I'm a positive person I am not uh excited at the at the thought of Jones in the six and I'll tell you why as well after his performance in the first half I think he was phenomenal in some when we were on the ball I thought he was phenomenal I'll say that because I believe that I don't listen to Twitter I thought he was great on the ball Right, my issue was off the ball. His positional awareness defensively was not good. Neither was Robertson's within the formation. I don't blame Robertson for that, though. But that's something we'll get into as well, I'm sure. Overall, though, yes, to answer your question, I think this is the lineup we are likely to see. 
after Nunez's second half cameo and Cody Gakpo's first half, it tells me that as well, that's pretty much cemented it as well. If there was any debate, if this was an audition for between Cody in the first half and Nunez in the second, he'll pick Cody. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I agree with what you say. Everything you've said there, I completely agree. And Elliot, he touched on um, Curtis Jones, and obviously it's a, it's a big talking point. I think that was obviously the one that every, all the eyes were on, basically, at the start of this game, because, let's face it, he's been put in a very difficult situation. So I don't think the criticism, not from Mike, but a lot of it that you see on Twitter and social media, I can't help but feel sorry for the guy, because... We all know that Curtis Jones, we've discussed it so much over the last weeks and months, is getting the ball and doing something creative with the ball, moving it on, you know, going on a run with the ball. But now he's, uh, he's asked to do the sort of dirty work and it's just not what he wants to do, is it, mate? No, I don't think so. But I think Klopp, like, you know, alerted that in the press conference that it, that isn't what he does, but on the ball and possession, he, he's fine. And I thought he was fine. Yeah. I, I was, I mean, it was a couple of Navy moments, but the Navy moments he dealt with really, really well. And I thought that was even exciting for the build up play because compared to last season, it was probably a bit slower. But I mean, listen, it'll be difficult for him against Chelsea. I mean, we're all expecting it to see this on the first day. I thought he dealt with it okay today. Off the ball, yeah, it wasn't great at times. I think the first 10 minutes he nailed someone, which, I mean, it's, it's what we want to see because, like, you know what, dealing with it in some way, okay, would have been a certain yellow in the Premier League game. But, like, you know, that snidiness we probably haven't seen for Liverpool's last couple of seasons. So it's a nice thing. It's such a as lies well, but a couple of times. But for Jones in the six, I mean, on the ball, I, I liked it. I'll, I'll even say it. I'll go as far as that. But, I mean, I think the whole system is still needs refining to be honest I don't even think you can just pinpoint Jones in it I think mm-hmm. Robertson is the big the big thing I'd say you can't criticise so I don't think you can because he must be getting sold to bomb forward so it's it's you've got to like the, the system is probably the issue as well Do you agree with that Mo? Yeah 100% I was like in, in terms of Robertson's a good a good player to also pick out in terms of players who perhaps had a suboptimal performance today I'm just saying in, in the sense that this new system the players we've got right now fit the old system perfectly, 100%. The way we used to play 4-3, trend, overlapping football, etc., etc. We've still got the same kind of players right now, the same defence, the same kind of offensive players that we have now. A few, obviously, a few have left the same kind of profiles. And we are trying to now play a new system. And when you, and you, and when you obviously play a new system, the same way Guardiola has revolutionised his squad 10 million times, we also have to do the same with our squad. We've got players who don't particularly fit the system that we're trying to play right now. You look at Robertson particularly. Robertson is almost a third centre-back in this new system. And I genuinely don't believe Robertson as a third centre-back can play can play the way we want to play, especially with Trent and Vang, simply because Robertson, so much, so much of his game relies on him and his defensive output. And the way he defends, the way he sometimes can be a bit too rushly pressing, we saw that particularly in the Champions League final where he just lost to run out of his position. That doesn't suit the role of a third centre-back. The same way, for example, when Cancelo was playing um, for C and C, obviously changed their system. They had the four, the four, the four natural centre backs right now. Cancelo then became a somewhat more fit. So, in my opinion, it's the same, it's the same issue. Robertson, Robertson is slowly becoming a player who perhaps doesn't fit this new system, and we're going to see that particularly with, with with other players in the squad also. But, but yeah, I I, I don't think Curtis Jones is particularly to I just think that the system definitely requires players who are going to fit that system particularly perfectly. In my opinion, we just don't have that currently. In my opinion. 
If I could touch on the Jones point as well, Ben, I, th I think one thing that uh, we, we could probably all agree on, and if any of you disagree with me, let me know. His distribution and the speed of distribution and his control on the ball are his biggest assets now, right? That's what it looks like, right? And when he played for England's under-21s, I think one of the reasons it worked so well for him in that position, I see a lot of people on the timeline that were supporting it uh, say, well, he played that role for England. The main difference is that he had alongside him, I wouldn't necessarily say by any means another six, uh, but he had someone who was able to do a lot of the dirty work alongside him. I think Trent and Jones both would benefit if they are playing in that role in the pivot, having someone to do the dirty work alongside them. Having those two together te is technically excellent. And you've seen that in moments in the first half where they played, them, played their way out of danger without issue. But the main issue is defensively. I don't think, I still don't think Trent is good defensively. I know some people will argue against me. I, I don't think he is. I think positionally he's just absolutely awful. And and Jones as well defensively. Unfortunately, position wise, I don't see much. I don't see much better there. So it's why I was screaming out not just for a six, but also another more defensive like eight. Really, aren't we? I agree with the the Jones and Roberts and stuff, but I think the bottom line is it's square pegs and round holes again, isn't it? Like we're yeah. doing such a drastic change to the system. We don't have the players for it yet. Obviously, we don't know what's going to happen for the rest of the window, which we will get onto. By the way, I'm seeing some comments about Lavio and stuff like that. We'll finish on that, but um, yeah, this whole new system, like Elliot says, it needs to be sort of like finalized. And if you think about it, we only played a handful of games in it last season. We've had a few games this pre-season. There's still only been two new players coming in. We all know Robertson can't play it. Like we, Everyone knows that. You know, I, I don't see why you get so much stick for it because I've always said, like, if you, it's, it's like goalkeepers. When you've got David De Gea as Man United and you're expecting a traditional goalkeeper to start playing with his feet, they can't do it. You can't just click your fingers and turn a player into something that they're not that they've not been trained to do, that they've not been brought up to do. Robertson has always been, you give him the ball, he goes down the left-hand side, he runs up and down, up and down, up and down all game long. And that's been Robertson so from when he was in Scotland to Hull to Liverpool. So now you're asking him to go into the middle, start playing as if he's shabby or something. It's not going to work. It's Andy Robertson. He is what he is. We all know his strengths. We all know his weaknesses. So I do have a lot of sympathy for him, Curtis Jones, I think Curtis Jones can play the six. I just think today was a huge test for him and it was a, a big learning curve. You know, I, I agree on the ball, he was absolutely fine, but it was just sort of, um, he lacks that physical frame as a DM like, and that's fine. That's not what he is. And one thing I will say just before we move on to some of the, the good stuff, um, there was also a moment where Musiala ran past, um, I, I actually tweeted about it, he ran past McAllister very easily. And I'm not throwing any shade at McAllister because he's an absolute baller and I love him. He's a top, top player. But if that was Curtis Jones, there would have been a riot about it. People would, oh, and that's why he can't play the DM. That's why he can't do this. That's why he can't do that. But when it's other midfielders, it's okay. So that's my thing. That's why I was a bit frustrated by it. I saw uh, Musiala, who, by the way, is one of the best dribblers in world football. There's absolutely no shame in a midfielder that's not even a DM getting ran past him. That's fine. Like That can happen to anybody, even the best DMs in the world. But the same energy for me wasn't said about other midfielders that were also around past quite easily. I think if you're staying on that point, I don't know what the other boys think about it. I'd like to, you know, I'd like to hear both of you all as opinion. I don't think Sabaslai or McAllister today were particularly great defensively. I don't get me wrong. I think they got about the pitch. I think they pressed really well. Final phase of the pitch, I thought they were brilliant in terms of pressing. 
I think I've seen Sabasly get beat easily several times. I've seen McAllister get moved past several times really easily. In the same way, I've seen other players in the past for Liverpool do that that have came under immense scrutiny. Now it's completely fine because it's preseason; these things happen. It's not me saying that they're not good players. You know what I'm saying? But it is something to note the fact that I mean Sabasly. I've I've always I've retained my queries about him defensively. Anyway, we bought a ten that played on the right wing for a large part of his career, and we're now playing him in an eight. I don't know. What do you boys think? Yeah, I, th- I think the McAllister point is. Oh, yeah, I was going to say the, on, the, on, the, on the on the McAllister point. I think that's that's quite fair. I saw some stats in terms of him getting dribbled past quite quickly. But the the the, the Sabotza, I think is 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 a little bit harsh only because I I did think that in terms of the, the kind of midfield you want to see, especially the kind of offensive eight. I think. Like you said, he, he pressed really well, and I think I think in terms of winning his ground duels, he, he, the stats look pretty good behind that. And when I was watching the game, that also looked good. But particularly on the McAllister part as well, I think I, I don't think it was just this game. Also, I think because we won our other preseason games, just kind of got shaded over. But I think McAllister defensively, and I, and I, and I'm not saying this because he's a bad defender, because if we remember, he was playing number six for Brian. Also, he actually mm-hmm. played as a number six for Brian. So he's in terms of a defensive play, I'm not saying he's terrible. It's just that I think maybe higher up the pitch where. The demands for you to defend in a club system where you're constantly around the edge of the box where you with your dominant possession and instantly use the ball. You've got to be a quick press, you've got to be a test runner, and you've got to be win win the ball back immediately quick. Right now, we're not seeing that as a particularly McAllister's biggest strength. I don't know if eventually it's simply because it's a new system, new players around him, he's got to get used to that. Mm. But yeah, I think I think the McCall highlight McAllister as almost a defensive wall, well, just a little bit. And I, and I think I saw this in previous games also, is it's quite a fair point in my opinion. But yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree to be fair. I, I I think that obviously he has been brought in for his attacking ability and he, you know, he can do everything going forward. But the guy's an absolute beast. Like he is, he's a tank. I, I didn't know how much of a unit he was before we signed him, to be fair. So I don't really have any worries or concerns about that, to be honest. But um Elliot, we're going on about all these midfielders potentially not doing defensive duties and maybe not working as hard, but shock, shock horror, mate. We've got a midfield full of attacking players. So yeah. is it just as simple as you to you, mate, is we get a DM and we'll be absolutely sound? I mean, it would not, it'd be nice to be that simple, but the, the defensive midfield will... Liverpool once as a child, <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's a nice with a handful of Premier League appearances, so it would be nice to kind of have it as easy as that. Then, but I think the, that that's another problem itself. But it, as Lavia comes in, I think you can see the idea there. You know, McAllister, obviously, is two eight. McAllister maybe a little bit deeper control and play Lavia as a destroyer Trent next to him. The idea is there all on paper, but you've left it too late. And then you say the system needs refining, but if they knew they were going to do the system, especially Jürgen, if he knew he was going to do the system, they'd say about nine or ten games he had it last season. He should have moved quicker. I think that is easy for us to all say. Obviously, the transfer market is a different thing for clubs to deal with, but it would have been very nice to see them move quicker. But I think the Fabinho and Henderson stuff obviously stopped that. But um, the attacking midfielders in a free little box with an attacking fullback next to them against the lower lower blocks is going to be nice. But the Bayern Munich, I mean, Liverpool aren't going to come up against them this season, though. So I don't think it's going to be too big of an issue. The first day, though, it'll be where everyone, I'm going to assume, panics. But I, I, still, I still think there's, 
there was loads of nice things today, which I think for the first 45, the first half an hour, you probably were all laughing our heads off going, yes, this is great. So I don't think there needs to be a big overreaction again, especially mm. when, again, you have the likes of McConnell, Doak, all these young lads are coming on for the second half. It doesn't need to be a big reaction. We need we need a defensive midfielder. That's so obvious, but people don't need to cry about it again. Basically, here's my point. No, of course, right. yeah. 100%. Not to cry oh, about it. So you know me, I love, I love the debate. So this is me playing devil's advocate here, right? To be clear, this is not actually my opinion, right? He says he's devil's advocate when he actually means what he's about. <laughs> no, no, to be honest, Ben's actually seen right through me there. That's that's awful. Uh, no, so you say we're not going to face any buy-ins, right? So we got ripped apart on the counter-attack by a high-pressing team, right? I can name about six different Prem teams that play that exact way. Now, I think at Anfield, you know, call it Anfield tax, whatever you want to call it, we will get away with it there, right? We'll get away with that Anfield for the most part, just because of how we are at Anfield. Away from home, when you go up against the Brighton, when you go up against, and I say Brighton, because I think Brighton are top three in the league when it comes mm-hmm. to that, right? Brighton, Arsenal, City, Newcastle, United now, I know we can say 7-0, 7-0. We don't know what you're going to face at Old Trafford with United, especially this season. They have a goalkeeper that can actually pass a ball and stay composed, right? So you've got these teams now. And even Spurs, the Spurs, Spurs' new manager plays out from no, the back no, and no, plays no, high press. No, do not, not Spurs, do not not disrespect Spurs. that Spurs manager. I'm you not took saying it too that. Far. You took it All right, too let far. me land, let me land. I'll, I'll ignore the Spurs manager, right? But the way they play, right, similar way, and I think we are really looking susceptible. And it's not just where you'd have the defensive midfielder covering. It's the right side of the centre-back getting dragged way out of position, right, to cover the inverted fullback. Canate can do that, but Canate is injury-prone. Matip cannot do it. Joe Gomez cannot do it. Simple as that, right? Matip trying to do that in the second half, just first half, whole game, hurt me. Hurt me right, deep we, inside. We need I love the order before we start talking about Matic. We have got two goals to talk about. So All hold right, that so thought. And we'll, come back, we'll come back to John Matic. No, no, we're going to come back to John Matic because there's a big conversation to talk about. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll go through the goals and each you know each goal we we'll talk about will be it will produce loads of talking points. And Matic, trust me, will be coming up quite a bit. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, hold that thought, Mike. Um, Dark Elliott says it was an absolutely. In fact, we'll stick with you, Mike. It was an absolutely brilliant start. First five minutes, you could see the intensity had just gone up a level since the previous games. It seemed like we were up for it because it was a better side. And within two minutes, we find ourselves 1-0 up with a little combination with Gakpo and Jota. And I know we've spoken so much about who the front three is. And, you know, we've said we don't necessarily need a front three. But um, Gakpo at the minute, mate, and Jota, to be fair, and Diaz, and they're all just doing an absolute madness, aren't they, mate? So, what sort of headache has Klopp got now for Chelsea? Like, in your opinion, if you're Jurgen Klopp, what are you doing? Because Gakpo is just, for me, is undroppable. And I know people will say Nunes has done well, but I think Gakpo is more, you know, reliant. The system's more reliant on Gakpo than Nunes for me. Yeah, I think Gakpo fits the system perfectly, doesn't he, boys? Like, he, he just, he does. And he's so good to watch. Like, I, I, Gakpo gives me the same feeling like I got with Firmino. I know they're not yeah. comparable, right? But the the composure, the control, the energy, the just everything about him, I love. I love it so much. And uh, to be honest, he's got a be- he's got a really good finish on him. And uh, you know, before he joined Liverpool, the stats he was putting up were ridiculous. I think now with confidence bedding in, understanding his new role, we're going to see not necessarily a replication of those stats, but definitely some very high goals and assists for him because his movement is finishing is just everything about him it's just he's too good to not you know what I mean and uh, also, not in the way from Jota's uh, pass also just massive shout out to this comment thank you man I appreciate that 
It's really kind. <laughs> Go on, boys. You've just been slayed yeah, by the noob slaying, mate. I have, been, I, bro. I just, <laughs> actually, just quickly on the on the on the on the Gakpo point. Yeah, we can we can praise Gakpo all we want, but I just think it doesn't that bring the whole point about Nunes quite into into contention also because it does look like for me and I and I and I say this quite often. I mean. It'd be too harsh to judge him because young players did come on, so the dynamic wasn't really the same. But even we saw this at the back end of last season, that those last ten games last season, we saw Nunes effectively dropped. He he didn't start majority of the games for a reason because we were playing very good football and Gakpo fit that system perfectly well. And in my opinion, we all know Gakpo isn't a left winger. He's he, he has to play down the middle. That's that's where he's going to be played when when he's fit. And so when we see Gakpo fit, when we see Salah fit, and we see Diaz fit, and we know that our best football comes when our when our first when our lineup when our first eleven is consistent. That's that's when we play our best football. We saw that at the back end of last ten, the ten minutes also. So my in my opinion, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if Nunes is going to be some sort of a, a, a squad player or just another solution or maybe a rotational player. But it it, it I'll, I'll, I'll let you speak in a second earlier. But it it does look like our best eleven does not include Nunes and. For Klopp and 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 I, we saw this in previous seasons when Klopp has a best eleven. When he has that first eleven, he's going to stay consistent of that level. Maybe a few changes when we've got three games in, in in seven days. But if we've got one game a week or we've got two games a week, he's going to keep the same eleven majority of the time. Especially when we get into the the, the finals of the season, right? and it looks like Gakpo is his guy. But but yeah, go ahead, Elliot. Yeah, I, I I do agree. I think Gakpo is amazing, and I don't think anyone can doubt that. And I think purely my simple point is it'll depend on who Liverpool play against. Because Gapo drops a deep quite a lot, and you have two eights behind him. If you're playing against a low block against a team, you know, in the bottom half at Anfield, you've got to have Nunes in there because you need the poacher. So I think it purely depends on who Liverpool are playing against. And I, I think Nunes will play a big part this season. I disagree with the squad player shouts because I think all that front five are going to have a massive part this season. They could all even go and get double figure goals. I think. I think that's how how strong they are. We saw that. We saw that that. Um... Two seasons ago, the 21-22 season, where we saw, I think it was like Salah, Jota, and Mane, like the top three scores in the Premier League at one point, where they were like mm-hmm. they all like like Salah was on like 17 APG and they were all the top three scores in the Premier League. And that that, that happened because we, we Jota started I mean Jota came, I think Firmino got injured during seasons and Jota came in as a striker and, and the first of the season and it was Salah and Mane on on either side. And Klopp just stuck of that from free for 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 into into one that got injured just because of how good it was and how consistent it was and mm. and, and, I, and I feel like if Gakpo continues to play the weight, he's not going to mix up. He's not going to chop and change that from free, especially when we've got we haven't got too many games at the beginning also. So uh, it, it, it's it's so weird to have such an because if it, if Nuno was like a a twenty million twenty million pound player, yeah, him him being worth is fine. But this is a eighty five million pound player, one hundred million euro package player we've got. And it feels like how how can you almost have this guy on the bench? It's, it's, it's this to me, this but... is what I was gonna I was gonna allude on to. But before I do, make sure you smash the like button. Guys. There is first for you in here. We're on thirteen likes. If you don't know about YouTube, likes is basically what streams and videos rely on. And the more likes it gets, the more it puts the video out to other people. So please do us an absolutely massive favor. Smash the like button. It will take you one second to move your mouse or to click your phone. Click the little thumbs up, and um, yeah, we'll massively appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, I agree with the back end of what you said there, Mo. I don't, I don't see a world on where we can start to think a seventy-five million pound striker is a squad player. It's just impossible. Um, you know, there's so many players we could have gone out and bought and saved a lot of money on if we were just going to do that. And you know, we obviously bought Nunes because we have belief that he can go on to be one of the best in world football. And I still do believe that. I still believe that he can go on to be one of those. But 
it's just interesting, isn't it? Because we've not been in this situation under Klopp where we've had more than three world-class players. And I don't think we have more than three world-class attackers at the minute. But we've got five very good... We've got one world-class one, which is obviously confirmed. That's Mo Salah. Then the rest are sort of... They can become in the next season or, or two seasons. They have that potential to, to burst out and go to be world-class. So we've got all of those options now. And the most we've had is three really good ones. And then we've had fringe players and squad players. So it, I love it, to be honest. And I tweeted out at um, some point in the game, we have absolutely nothing to worry about with the attack now. You know, we're going to debate all season long who's going to start, who's not going to start. But that should be the least of our worries. Like, the rest is what we need to worry about and focus on. And look, I agree with Elliot. Different games will have different players starting. And whoever doesn't start in the Premier League will start in the week in, on Europa League or in the FA Cup or League Cup, whatever. There's going to be so many games. And the fact that we've got all these attackers means that when we, you know, we do want to go in cup runs, we do want to go on a, a league run, we can do it now, you know? Dropping Luis Diaz or Jota for a game isn't going to harm our chances now. Um, so I think it's massive. I think, obviously, I, I get people's thing about spending so much money on Nunes when we needed other positions. But on the same, on the other hand of um, of that, it's like we don't need to sign another attacker now for three, four, five years. And we've got Ben Doak as well coming through. So as far as the attack's concerned, I'm very easy on it. But um, second goal, we'll go to you, Elliot. Captain, fantastic. Robbo puts, I think it was Robbo put in the corner, didn't he? Um, the new skipper is there. First of all, mate, talk to me. Happy with that appointment. And then what about that header, mate, from the captain? Yeah, they're very pleased. I think extra responsibility for Van Dijk after a, not a great season last season will will go a long way. And I think it, it makes sense in terms of how long Klopp's got left because I my assumption was another long-term captain, but I think Klopp set it up perfectly for whoever comes in after him because you have Van Dijk for however long Klopp's left and then Trent for the new manager to be perfect, you know, and all but, all but ready to take over the captaincy. So I think it makes perfect sense. And the, the goal itself, it's it's something I think we should see more of, to be honest, considering Van Dijk's aerial ability. And um, I think corners just need to be an improvement in general because some of the casters, I think he, I mean, I don't know how many he took, but he was one. It was just shocking in the second half. But I think it's, it's a bit of Robertson's quality where you think that's why Klopp kind of wants to keep him in the team. But... I mean, left-sided centre-half has been targeted and it's been linked. So, I think that is the plan. But Robertson's got some nice deliveries on and we've seen it enough time. So, I think you can't really just, you know, ignore that quality. But, you know, simple goal. But it's it's, it's everything that we should be seeing from those set-pieces. Yeah, absolutely. But Murray didn't really, you know, give us that much of a lead because straight away, one ball over the top. And they're back in the game. And that's before we do talk about my tip and his positioning, I think it is worth noting that he is a mile offside. Um, in fact, he's more than a mile offside. And in a in a professional game and an actual game that meant something, that goal wouldn't have wouldn't have counted. So I think we do need to think of that. But how frustrating was it to see just one ball over the top on a couple of occasions? Um, yeah, just catches out. Yeah, yeah. I mean <sighs> Those goals, I mean, those goals are so hard to judge, especially when you see them offside. Because some would say that while we might think it, it looks horrible to see so how one ball over the top, but when you think about it, and I saw Trent kind of pull up a little bit, it turns into a almost a great defending, a great defending situation because 
the team playing offside basically, and that's the kind of and, and that's the kind of way we want to play. We want to catch people offside, and we saw Trent push up a little bit, maybe purposely to try to play them offside, and so it's, it's difficult to say, oh, horrible, 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 because we played him offside. But the only, the, I guess, the only player we can particularly highlight is Matic because he he was in a situation where he doesn't know it's offside. He's got an opportunity to defend one v one against the player, and he absolutely just tanks it again. He done that twice. I think he did that for one of the other goals also, where just close to him, and he almost follows the way they play. Once the goal, it's almost like, okay, you you, you want to chop me? Go ahead and chop me. You want to go left? I'll go. Like I'll go. It's, it's, it does exactly what the player wants to do, and it, and it's so weird because we just we saw how good, how good Matic was for two three years in a row, and it's almost like he dropped an insane level. And the difference between him and Konate is outstanding. It's actually incredible, and I, I, and I genuinely believe centre, the, the centre back position alone is a big area in the squad where we've got a huge disparity between the centre back and the next and, then, and the quality centre back in the squad. Because when Van Dijk is going to play every game, so we've got a right centre back position open. The quality gap between Konate, uh, Matip, and Gomez is, is humongous, and I think that's going to be a real big issue because for some reason our centre backs can never stay fit for the majority of the season. We never had, a, we've never had. I don't think I can't remember the last time we had a full season where it's been a. A, a duo of the entirety of the season, except for maybe 1920, where Van Dijk and Gomez played the whole season. But even 1819, Matip Gomez started out, and Matip came in. And, and 2021, we know what happened with that. And last season, the season before, we've seen we've seen we've seen centre backs partnership. Van Dijk plays whoever plays next to him, it gets chopped and changed. So centre back position is 100% a big issue in my opinion. And 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 Klopp said we're targeting targeting the defender. And 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 I hope and I hope we do somehow manage to bring centre back in. But it, it does look a lot unlikely right now. Yeah. Yeah, Mike, do you agree with that, mate? I mean, I think I don't want to be harsh on Matip because I think he for 90% of his Liverpool career he has been top. Like we've all been saying up until the last 18 months, and I think people do have short-term memory loss that he has been one of the best signings. You know, free transfer came in. Obviously, he's had injury problems, but most of his career, he's been good for us. But the last sort of 18 months, he has sort of fallen off a cliff. So, do you follow that same sort of thing? Do you think that signing the centre-back now is almost as big as a priority as getting a DM? Yeah, no, I can definitely follow that. You know, I think Mo was right in everything he said. You know, there's not much more I can really add to that. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, Matip did so much for the club while he's been there. I think he's been fantastic. You know, I, he really has stepped up in some of the biggest games. He was crucial for pretty much all our success. But we're at a point now where we can't rely on him as the backup. We can't, re- when he comes into the team, there's a nervousness amongst fans. And I just, uh, yeah, I feel like right now, now is the right time to get someone in. You know, the, now is the right time to get someone in. It's who is available in the market, though, that's... Now, really, the issue isn't it? I suppose, but yeah. I think Matip, he's lost. He's lost just his first touch. He's lost his energy. He's not looking confident on the ball anymore either, which is just, uh, as I say, just a bit of a shame at the moment. But yeah, hopefully, we can get a centre back in before the end of the window. It's needed for sure. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, the second goal, Elliot, it comes from another ball that catches out that right hand side of the defence. Matip caught out again. This, I think. I don't know if this is offside, to be fair, but Nabry just gets past him way too easily. It's just a mess, isn't it, at the minute in that sort of area. And we all know that that is the side that people are going to target because I'm not saying Trent's bad defensively, but that is where the space is. So you'd have thought by now, and I know the easy fix would be you just put Canate in there. We deal with it a lot better. But say Canate, touch wood, gets injured. It is a bit of a concern, isn't it, when you see Matic playing like that? 
Yeah, I mean, Matt have done well last season when he came into it against West Ham. I thought he scored, um, but it, it, he's not. He's not that. He's not quick enough. You probably even argue he's not that physical enough compared to Canate these days. Anyway, he was obviously very, very physical when Liverpool were winning things, but he, you know, comes with age. But then the problem with it is the left side was meant to be the problem. And then all of a sudden, you've got another problem on the right side. So it's like you put an out with one fire or trying to. They haven't even put up that fire. Another fire comes up and then another fire's come up because Fabinho is left and another one's game because Henderson's left. So like you, they need to put out these fires before they can move on to another fire in, in that aspect. So it's a bit of a... It is a pain and maybe a bit of worry because Karate does have injury issues. He hasn't went one full season without them yet. So you have to, it's like a fingers crossed scenario when it shouldn't be because Liverpool should have sorted it out. But... You have to just wait and see with it because they, they want a left side of one, but realistically, could could do with a backup right side of one. But then's the argument for Joe Gomez with his supposed pace. I know he's lost it over the lost some of it over the years. That he should be kind of a perfect backup for that position, but obviously that would uh, I'm sure people will be pleased that I've said that. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Mike, decent response. Lucho switches it to Salah, and I think this is the second half, isn't it? Um, Diaz charges back into the box. Then Salah takes a touch around the defence. Luis Diaz takes a touch around the defender, slots it in. From I think Salah gives it in back, doesn't he? And I think, again, without going too much into it, because we've covered the attackers a lot. But, um, yeah, what, what, what did you make of that goal, mate? And Luis Diaz at the minute, what's he looking like for you in terms of his chances at starting? Yeah, I mean, I don't listen. I don't think he's he's going to start. I think Jota's cemented his spot there. But in saying that, I think you know there was a lot of questions about Diaz when he came back in at the back end of last season. I think a lot of people understood he was injured. And it's going to take a long time for just to refine your uh, pace and your form. But when it came to that rumor uh, a couple of weeks back about a Saudi move for him, I seen a weird amount of the timeline pretty content to sell him or questioning, you know, like how much should we sell him for? Uh, and I think he's quickly stooped to everyone's bottom choice. Not, I say everyone, not in terms of uh, people here, but in terms of this general consensus that I was seeing, seeing on socials. And uh, I think we just forgot just how good he was. Uh, I really do. I think we potentially underestimate just how good he can be. I think that goal he scored today was fantastic. You know, I mean, the quality of the pass is one thing. The desire to get in the box, the speed to get in the box, but then the composure mm-hmm. as well to take the pass that was bobbling up a little bit perfectly into his stride and finish it off the way he did i think yeah, he's a clutch player man like he's got so much potential and he's still pretty young he's only am i right he's 24 same age as nunez isn't he no pretty sure no how old is he 26 26 oh is he yeah yeah i still still not not at his prime still not his prime yes yeah, still, still <laughs> you know five years minimum in him at liverpool at least so yeah yeah he's, he's got his best years ahead of him man what do you what did uh, what do you think of him, Elliot? Uh, I mean, I've always always thought that they need to be if the Liverpool wingers are going to stick to what Klopp has wanted, he needs goals. And today, I think is just perfect to see like how he links up. That pass is brilliant. The finishes emphatic. You probably need to see. You probably would have argued you needed to see that before his injury a bit more. So now to see him come back, not rusty, and he's doing it against a massive team in Bayern Munich. Of, of course, only pre-season. It's a very big positive. And again, the options that we've we've touched on it a lot anyway. But the options in the four positions are brilliant, and you have you have different scenarios for different for different teams in the front three. So I don't think it needs to be worried. I mean. 
a Diaz bid from Saudi shouldn't even be considered unless you're going to do triple figures anyway. So yeah. people are just like liking to be, you know, s- silly for for the sake of it. But Diaz, 26 years old, there's loads of potential still there considering he's at 26. So I think mm-hmm. we've got a lot to see from him this season as well as all the others. Yeah, no, spot on. Um, Mo, coming back to you then. We did restore our lead, but by an equalise with a, a free kick coming into the box. Delit was left unmarked. Allison makes the save, but he could do nothing about the rebound. And there was a, a comment up here about Allison as well, to be fair. I can't find it now. Somebody said that he could have done better for one of the goals, but I just want to shout out Allison today. I, I don't really see what he could have done more. Um, I looked at the play ratings. I don't know what Sofa score have him down as. Yeah, they got him down as an eight, and we conceded four goals. So, without Alisson Beckham, I think we would have lost today comfortably, like, not by one I mean, goal. Without, without, without Alisson, I have no idea where we'd be in terms of... I don't know if we'd be in Europe. It's insane it's, to see where... Has someone got a five-star police chase or something? What's going on? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> mate. It's not me, it's not me. <laughs> no, sorry, man. Sorry, 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 sorry. But, um, but, uh, but yeah, on, on Alisson, yeah, I mean... It's 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 so it's so difficult to praise him sometimes because, like I said, he's a goalkeeper and he doesn't particularly yeah. get um, uh, highlighted too often. Because let's say we win three 0 but we win three keep clean sheet. It's because of Alisson. We're gonna praise the guy who scored the three goals, obviously, because that's that's just the way analysis works, unfortunately. But but yeah, I mean, and and so for Silver score to give a goalkeeper eight point zero, incredible anyway. For them for them to give a goalkeeper eight point zero despite him conceding four goals, I mean that I mean that just gives us more demonstration of, of Alisson's quality. But yeah. In terms, in terms of set pieces and the way we defended, I, I, I don't know. It, it seems to be like a lingering issue from last season, also because there was a point where we were incredible at defending set pieces. I mean, like we just, we just would never concede corners or set pieces. But now we saw, and I, I mean, the first game, the, the first game at home last season. Excuse me, when I think about it, three set pieces. I mean, it was insane the way we conceded set pieces, and uh, and we've seen other games, also Hampton game and other games where we just seem to be quite particularly weak on corners. And I think, and I actually think that issue might compound soon if we if we were to sign Andre or Lavia because. I, I I took a peep at Lavia's aerial, aerial aerial ability and a peep at Andre's aerial ability, and then it's, it's not particularly good either. And when you look at McAllister and Dom, I'm not saying I don't think these guys are aerial monsters. Also, and when you consider Van, and it's only Van Dyke, and I don't think Trent or Robertson. I mean Trent especially. I mean Trent's horrific at defending aerial pieces. I mean if a play goes, I mean defending wise, we can we we can say perhaps Trent is is a good block defender or X Y Z. But when it comes to aerial defending, it's absolutely a horror show when you, when it comes to everybody. And maybe the new midfielder Lavia might not be good at also or Andre whoever signs for us. Air, our air, us defending set pieces. I think I think it's going to be an issue for next season. And we saw it. We're seeing it in preseason. We're seeing it at end of last season. We've lost aerial monsters like Fabinho, and and the players we're signing up aren't particularly good aerial um, good aerial players also. So I I think we're going to concede a lot more set pieces next season. So I think the goals we saw this game we'll see a lot more in my opinion, hundred percent. Mm. Um, Nathan Beacon says that Allison wasn't that good. He made eight saves. Yeah, we conceded four goals, but my point was if we didn't have Allison today, we probably would have conceded five, six. You know, Allison was comfortably our top three or four players today. He was really good, and none of the goals were his fault. So I don't know how people can come at Allison. <laughs> he did nothing wrong. Um, Let's finish up on the goals then, Mike. Some kid who I'd never heard of um, decided to turn into Van Persie. I, I'd never... 
I never expected him to score from there. When I saw him shaping up to take the shot, I was like, fears. But yeah, he's just smashed <laughs> it over Allison. I don't think Allison expected to, expected it either, to be fair. Um, no, unreal. But yeah, again, another ball over the top, isn't it? Matt, is ball over the top and behind. It's, it's going to be the crux that we'll always have. We play, we play a high line. You know, we play a high line. It's a risk you take. But, you know, I'm not going to even blame our defence for that. That is an unreal finish. Like, that is such an incredible finish from the young lad. And, you know, yeah, no, big fan of it, honestly. Uh, what, what a finish. What a finish to the game in general. I mean, you can't really blame anyone for that, really, can you? don't think so. I think the defending could have been better, but apart from that, I think you have to say, you know, it's an unreal strike. Take some sort of top, you know, strike to beat Allison from there. Like I said, I don't think he was expecting it, to be honest, but um, yeah, it is what it is. It wasn't, you know, wasn't really a worry or anything, but um, let's just move on to the general stuff then, guys. I just want to ask you all, how are we feeling? Because we've got one more preseason friendly against Darmstadt at um, the Deep Dale. So, go to you, Elliot. How how ready are we? Like realistically, I know we've it's only preseason, and it's important not to get too carried away. Either way, by the way, if you go batter teams, if you lose, it's just preseason. It doesn't matter. But are you excited? Are you nervous? Are you apprehensive? Talk to me. I mean, I think excited and nervous is probably the best way to put it. And I think if you're not starting a season like that anyway, what's the point in, you know, being ready to enjoy it yourself? I think it doesn't matter if you Liverpool signed or not signed. You've got to be excited and nervous. It's Chelsea, Stanford Bridge, first game of the season. You've got to be excited and nervous. So, I mean, taking that context into it, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait and I'm nervous. It's all in one. But in terms of what everyone wants to discuss, transfers, listen, Liverpool should have done more, I think, already. Who, whoever's to blame for that, I don't know. That it's Southampton just being stubborn or Liverpool not wanting to pay the fee. But listen, it's negotiations. I think people are kind of missing that. <laughs> Liverpool aren't just going to go and give the first offer and go over the top. It's not never how it works. Never has worked under Klopp like that, even if it hasn't been Klopp himself. It's been Edwards or Ward and now Jorg. <laughs> I'm not going to try and pronounce his second name. Not but listen, I, I, yeah, <laughs> I... Jones in the six, okay, it's not going to be what everyone wants, but it's going to have to happen. Liverpool have sold two of the most experienced players who looked very poor last season. So you can't argue for one thing and then when it happens, be disappointed when Liverpool have got to try and make moves. So it's a new system. It's not even, we haven't got, got Champions League. I think there's a lot of worry for maybe not the need to be. I think Liverpool can ease their way into the season and kind of get away with it, if that makes sense, considering that there's Champions League, isn't there? Yeah, no, 100%. Sorry, I'm just looking at the chat because we have a lot yeah. of shows tonight. But keep, guys, yeah, listen, keep, hang on a minute. Keep watching the stream because you're getting our watch hours up and we're so close to being a monetized channel. So stick around. To be fair, right. I, what, I think what's happened is one of the boys in here has probably just snapped the mate saying, Listen, I'm live right not. now. Often, <laughs> it's bro. It's got it's got that energy like 100. percent All right, Mo, is it your mates? I, I I may have posted it somewhere, and I think I can yeah. also swipe up on the link. I was I was doing a bit of promo. Uh, <laughs> no, that's cool. Uh, Listen, bro, I, I just can tell by the comments. Like, I'm, I'm obviously just... not going to read any of these names out because I I don't want to get cancelled. <laughs> basically, um, oh, bro. Uh, but yeah, uh, keep it coming. You know, we, we've got Mike and myself in charge of the chat. We're gonna make sure things stay smoothly. But um, yeah, keep it coming. Stay around. I'm so glad we might have to consider making you a mod at some stage. So um, uh, yeah, Mo, what were you that. saying? 
Yeah, most. I was going to say, I particularly like the ones about the size of my head. I think those ones are. Bro, I, I've seen ones about your forehead. I've seen ones about Elliot's sexy accent. I've seen someone ask why I'm I didn't smiling. see that one. Uh, bro, there was a couple about that. Someone said, Why are you smiling? Uh, towards me. Uh, so I'm just, it's all good. It's all good. Let's keep going. Yeah, Mo, what was you saying, mate? Are you, do, you, do you, going back to what Elliot said, do you agree with him? Are you excited but nervous at the same time? Or, yeah, how are you feeling, mate? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm going to be there for the first game of the season, so I'm, I mean, uh, the excitement is natural anyway. So just just because uh, I'll get to be there. But in terms of when I saw that first eleven posted, initially it was, it was positive. Like I saw that I saw that, I saw Dom and, and McAllister and the front three and the defense. And I think, wow, what a team on paper. And obviously, when you when you begin to watch the game, you kind of you know you kind of get the shocks of last season back to you again. You kind of get reminded of just how kind of poor the system is. You get you get. <laughs> you get you get reminded you get reminded of, um, of 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 some of the weaknesses in our team. But overall, I have to say, I'm, I mean, assuming we sign a DM, assuming assuming Lavia comes in and we've actually got a natural DM in that position and we've got the midfielders around them, I'm, I, I can I can say overall the excitement's there. I'm looking for I'm I'm genuinely looking forward to the season because 100 knowing knowing the characters, knowing the characters we have in this team, knowing the manager we have. 100% we're going to learn from last season. There's no doubt in my mind we're going to learn from last season. And we saw that when with the new system, clubs were already decided things need to change. And we've seen that. Will will we be a title challenge team? Will we be able to win some trophies? That, that, that I don't know. I think, I think that will only come when you, when you start seeing the momentum. I think Europa League, FA Cup, I think those are competitions we could always win. But in terms of actually being a title challenge team, I think the same way we didn't expect it in 2018, it's going to have to surprise us again, where we just hope that this team takes a humongous leap. And so, but like I said, overall, it's positive and excitement for me in terms of looking forward to the season, 100%. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And this comment, I don't think it should be someone similar to Fab. It should just be a proper DM specialist. Like, I completely agree with this. There's no six foot three, six foot four powerhouses really out there. If you think about it, there's a couple, but none of them are, are sort of what we need right now. And I think Klopp alluded to it yesterday to be fair in his press conference when I asked him about a DM. And he said, like, oh, there were so many times last season where we left Fabinho to defend on himself. And that's the plan to make sure that doesn't happen in the future. So I think we're not crying out for such a like-for-like Fabinho replacement. I just think somebody like Alavia or, say, even Stefan, but, like, further down the line, maybe. Something like that, who's got the technical ability, who throws themselves into tackles, that chases their men, that intercept, all those kind of things that Lavia and Stefan can do. That's just what we need right now. It doesn't necessarily have to be the same profile as Fabinho. Um, yeah, I just I just want to see freshness, to be honest. And that's the thing I'm looking forward to the most. Like, of course, there's still the, the question that we need a DM and the centre-back minimum, two signings minimum needed. But on the other hand, just to see the, the fresh energy in the midfield is going to be exciting to me. Um, and it sounds so stupid when you say this, but just to see midfielders that actually run. Like, how crazy is that? Like, to, to even think that I'm saying that now, you know, we all know what a Jurgen Klopp team needs. I never thought I'd be saying that I can't wait to see midfielders run, but that's what I'm saying. So, Bosley, I mean, um, so, so, so Bosley particularly, I mean, he, like, in yeah, terms exactly. of yeah. commitment and intensity, he looks incredible the way he just, he's so relentless, he's pressing. You don't kind of, I mean, we kind of, we kind of get, we kind of get lost in that when we see kind of, kind of luxury, offensive attacking players, but, this guy has that, and he's and he, and he looks quite intense. And that, that for me is is hundred percent the kind of place. The technicians and the specialists, but also people who can characterize that intensity. I think he has that in abundance, one hundred percent. Yeah. 
100%. Let's go straight into the um, latest update then. Where are we at with Lavia? Everyone's saying it in the chat. I think everybody's probably seen the, the recent tweet that went out just before we went live. And Sasha, who, let me just make it perfectly clear. When it comes to Romeo Lavia, I think I said it in a previous stream, this is the man that I will be trusting the most with what he says. He's close to the player. He knows his stuff when it comes to Belgian football players. This guy is the one that I'm looking out for. Him, David Ornstein, and obviously Fabricio. But um, he says that Liverpool are ready to make a third and ultimate offer for Romeo Lavia. I understand the bid will be in the 40 million transfer plus... Uh, sorry, that is the expectation, a 40 million transfer by the Saints plus add-ons. Now, a lot of people are saying, oh, but we bid a 41 before. But that 41 included the add-ons. This is a 40 mil fee... And the add-ons are going to go as well. So it's 40 mil plus add-ons, whereas before it was 41 with everything. So we'll go to you, Mike. Um, we seem to be talking about this kid an awful lot. He better be flipping good when he does sign, I'll tell you that much. But um, yeah, we all discussed, didn't we, whether we'd go in, go in for him again with a third bid. But after seeing this, do you think that's going to happen in the next day or two? Yeah, man. I think by the by the end of the week, we'll, we'll know what's what. You know, I think I said that last time. By Friday, we'll know that uh, whether he's signing or not. Um yeah, to be fair, I think I've I've laughed. I've spoke about the boy too much anyway. So I think, uh, yeah, just just Mo, what what are your thoughts on Lavia? I mean, I mean, for me, for me, if you look at if you if you look at his frame and his build, he doesn't particularly scream to me the Fabinho replacement because he is quite quite small one. And and I, and I like I mentioned earlier, I, I looked at some of his stats. I mean, in terms of pressing and intensity and the way he runs, incredible and amazing, hundred percent. But his aerial ability is a big, big concern for me. And his ability to not get caught out in transitions is also a big issue for me because he hasn't got the frame of Fabinho where he's got six, seven legs that can stick out and win tackles like, like we would have for Fabinho win. Or he isn't a, a monster tackler because of the kind of frame he has and particularly in the air also. But, however, I think Lavia can definitely work in a midfield that defends together, a, a midfield that counter-presses together, a midfield that when we lose in the final third, they defend together. But... If Lavia gets exposed in the same situations, not to the fault Fabinho was, I don't think. I don't. I think when Fabinho was, I think some of the criticism from Fabinho last season came from because we saw Fabinho by himself stranded in midfield, get, and then losing out, losing out in a one v one. Fabinho being in that situation demonstrates that it's not Fabinho's fault in the first place. There's no way Fabinho should be exposed that much anyway. So I think if Lavia gets put in that same situation, he's going to be 15 times worse than Fabinho because of the kind of pace and his frame and his, and his physical abilities. But if we begin to defend like a proper team and we begin to defend like a team on the floor, 100% I think Levy can succeed, 100%, because he's got a technical ability, he's got an IQ, he's got a passing ability, he's got an intensity, he's got all of that. He's got, he's got the attributes to succeed in this crop team. So, this all this hangs on, all this hangs on is around the other players, the other midfielders assigned, the other attackers, the other defenders, also just get cohesively as a team, in my opinion. So, yeah, that, those are my thoughts on Levy, yeah. Yeah, Elliot, and hopefully for the final time before... He signs. What are your thoughts on Romeo? <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. Like, yeah. Um, I mean, I've said it all before. I'm excited by the potential. Um, listen, everyone thinks there needs to be a worry. I was in that camp of kind of Liverpool need to go and get another experienced one, but he seems to put the eggs all in one basket here. Third bid. I mean, it's it's a bit unusual. I think probably Liverpool to play out such a public bidding kind of process for just one player. So three bids in seems to be like they want him so much and they, they almost, if you're going to pay that money for him, 
you're going to start regardless of age. And then you, you mentioned them before, Ben, everyone seems to forget about Pesetic as well. So I think, I always said two, but I think the centre-half issue is probably came up a bit more important as well now. So I think Lavia in and then look at the centre-halves and see what you can do. But uh, Lavia, I think uh, I think he's going to be an improvement on Fabinho after last season. Fabinho was absolutely world-class for so long, but last season he couldn't run. And I mean, then Henderson in the six as well was never in this system was never going to work. So I think he's lovely. It's going to be an instant improvement. What I thought about today, though, as well, every time Liverpool kind of lost the ball, there was a group intent to win it back. So I'm I'm sure that'll also help Lavia if they kind of go along with that as well. Hundred percent, mate. I agree with what you're saying. And um, we had a report as well. I think it was yesterday from Mel Reddy saying that Liverpool have officially made contact with Fluminense with a possible signing of Andre. And that came on the back of Paul Joyce saying that Liverpool will move on uh, to alternative targets if Southampton hold out for a 50 million valuation of Romeo Lavia. So we saw that and then we saw Melissa Reddy saying that we have made uh, contact with Fluminense for Andre. And then she goes on to say Liverpool want two midfielders and a defender before the window shuts. Now, well, I'm coming to you, mate, because I honestly have absolutely no idea what to say about Andre. I've never seen him, briefly heard of him. I've seen a few graphs and stats, and that's all good to me. You know, it's good to look at those, but I've never seen the guy play. I don't know anything about him. But what I have seen after looking up him is that he seems to be a sort of different profile to Romeo Lavia. So, in my opinion, I don't really know how it makes sense to go from Lavia if Southampton aren't willing to budge on what we want to offer to Andre. I don't know how that makes sense. How do you Yeah, I mean it's, it's 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 one of those weird ones where like you get we 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 have we have a missing player in the team, Fabinho, and we need to replace that player. And that's that's clear. But then we've got two different kind of profiles that we're trying to place with. So it doesn't it doesn't really scream stability or like it it doesn't really feel you've confidence when you see two different kind of profiles. Is that because there's a, there's, a, there's a disparity between maybe what the club manager wants or what the scouting team wants, or perhaps they're not they're not they're not w- w- there's not really any clear targets for the summer in terms of we're quite late in the we're quite late in the window. Any 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 amazing DMs have either gone to a different club or they're not for sale because it's too late of the season. Our season's about to start in, uh, next, this week for commercial, next week for the Premier League. So I think I th- I, I I think we're in a situation where all our eggs in our but all our, we put all our eggs in one basket, and that's for Lavia, in my opinion. But Andre is also another player that could particularly be of injury. Maybe that's a player that we've had on our logs for a while, on our books for a while, and he's someone that will, if the time's right, we'll sign him also. But the one thing that gives me confidence is that we've seen this throughout Klopp's tenure, throughout the, the different sporting registers, that we'll only sign a player if it's right. So in my opinion, if the, if, if, if Lavia and Andre are going to be signed, or maybe they're both based on the one who's going to sign, it's because they see a way he fits in the squad. They 100% the manager and the sky director on the same page. And, they, and 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 this player will have a role in the squad. That, that's what brings me. That's what brings me confidence. Except for maybe maybe Nunes or something like that. But other than that, we know that for a fact. If this player is going to come in, it's because the manager wants him, the sport director wants him, and he will fit our team. So even though we really can't see the puzzle and and the way this fits in, for me, I'll I'll take confidence with the fact that we've got a really really good sky in the department. And in my opinion, if, if, if we're going to sign him, it's going to be for a reason. In my opinion, and we're not going to sign a player for the sake of signing a player. I think we've only done that twice. I think with Arthur. And um, I forgot his name. The centre back, the left was uh, what's his name? Ben Davis. Ben Davis. Yeah, Ben Davis. Ben yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, him, him, and Arthur are the only players we signed. Oh, damn, we need a player. Let's sign him quickly. Other than that, most of our signings because there's a reason why we're signing him. So, hopefully, that's the case of Andre and Lavia too. Yeah. 
Yeah, 100%. Um, Elliot, do you think it's some sort of negotiation tactic? Like, you know, we're sort of telling Southampton, like, okay, we are ready to go for somebody else or... Is it just okay? We might even sign both of them, or what do you what do you think is actually going on? I think you could argue it's a bit of both. I think yeah. Southampton seem to be like just trying to squeeze every little bit out they can of Liverpool, but with Liverpool they can kind of go, listen, we can go and move onto this one, but they also still want Lavia, so it's all a bit of a kind of a waiting game to see who moves first. But the thing I think which kind of tips it to the balance that Liverpool actually do want this Andre, who I've never seen before, like you said, Ben knew nothing about them, but. They, I seen a tweet. It was, I think, it was from 2019. So you're going back a bit, maybe 2020. That Liverpool have gone sent scouts to go and watch them as early as that. So I think there's, they must have been tracking them for quite a long time. And I mean, some of the little, you know, few minute compilations you watch, he seems like a tidy little player. I'm sure there's much mm. more to him than just that. So, but. I think Liverpool must have something there for them if they've been watching for that long. However, if it's is it what Liverpool need right now? I'm not too sure. But maybe listen, there's a whole thing with the Brazilian transfer market as well, isn't he? So whether whether we see him sign in January could be also like a very good possibility, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um I think it's obviously somebody that we're looking at. He's somebody that I've I've seen his mention name his name mentioned before, to be mm-hmm. fair. Um yeah. not really looked at it or I don't really know anything about him. But yeah, I think um you're right. I think there's something there, and I think there was some talk of him. He'll get loaned back anyway, or something like that. So that doesn't really Possibly. make too much sense. But I think we just need to focus on Lavia because obviously that is the main thing that we've been chasing pretty much most of the window. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll see what happens with that. But Mo, are you confident now that Lavia comes in after all of this talk, after seeing this bid is about to go in? Are you confident now that that's going to happen? Um. Yeah, I think so. I think I think I think overall, when we're looking towards the new season and we're looking towards the new signings, I think I think I think we'll be all right. But but um, but yeah, but I don't I don't really have any thoughts on that right now. Sorry, nah. That's all right. Yeah, um, I think that's that's it for in terms of that game and the transfers, guys. I don't think there's much else to say. Uh, but Elliot, we've got one more friendly, mate. Are you expecting that one to be the team that is going to play against Chelsea or half and half again? Or yeah, no, I think gonna... I yeah. think you should just do a whole. I mean, maybe a bit risky to do a whole ninety. I think maybe hour to seventy with the, the lineup that he he's wanting, uh, which I think will be today. Bar Canate, I think Canate should just obviously come in. But <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a risky business, isn't it, Robinson and Jones? But I, I'm still excited. I think it, I think it's. It'll be fun, let's say, let's if we can put it chaotic but fun. Um, I, I think it will be what we saw today. Diaz and Nunes, it, we, everyone wants to see them because they're also, you know, the chaotic kind of fun. But Shosha and Gapo kind of have the efficiency with with the ball and on the ball and just in and around the penalty area. So I think Darmstadt will just be kind of let's try and nail down the system and let's try and nail down maybe Robinson not bombing on too much maybe nail down Jones' position and just for maybe use them as a Chelsea kind of thing. If they have the same profile, I don't think anyone knows what to expect from Chelsea anyway. We'll kind of just use them as a purely just like, let's see how we can do with the players in these positions and let's go with Stamford Bridge with it. No, I agree, mate. I agree. I think the last one is, you know, obviously, I think it's going to be interesting because we want to see that team that is going to face Chelsea. But again, we don't want to, Get injuries and yeah, no risks. Yeah, yeah, of mm. course. And we know now that McAllister is just precaution. It was a little knock. 
Um, so nothing to worry about with him. But um, yeah, I can see it being half and half again, which is a bit annoying to be fair, because I don't feel like the best possible team has, has played with each other that much. I'm not sure what you guys think of that. But for me, yeah, I think they could have probably done with an extra game back in back in England. But um, guys, that's all for now. We're going to leave it there for today's stream. Big up everybody that's commented in the chat. Everybody that's liked the stream. If you haven't done that, please do it on the way out. Subscribe to the channel. And um, yeah, we'll see you guys next time, whether it's a transfer stream, whether it's a match reaction. But yeah, we'll uh, see you guys next time. Take care. Sports Social Podcast Network.